This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wednesday, 16th of November, 2022, this evening's show. We are discussing the future of Michael Appleton as uh, the pool crashed their fourth defeat on the bounce against Lowly and managerless Wigan at the DW Stadium last Saturday, wherever else it's called these days. And as we go into the World Cup break in the relegation zone, second bottom. I'm John Aspinall, this is the Seasiders podcast, match reaction show, Wigan Athletic 2, Blackpool 1. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Seasides Podcast. Welcome in the comments. Welcome on the audio pod if you're listening after the event. A Wednesday for a reaction show. Very, very much overdue, but sickness has unfortunately struck down the camp. Mr. Nick Smith on his deathbed at the moment. He's on a he's on a drip of farmer's blonde, keeping him going. He's What's in it? the lakes, I take it, though. <laughs> he's always what in it? the lakes. <laughs> Funny that he's never he's never sick for that, is he? I'm a, a bit of a Bob Fleming myself this evening. But, um, Kendall yeah, Hospital, at Kendall Hospital, will be in. <laughs> yeah, Cottage Hospital, Cottage Hospital. <laughs> so yeah, this should be interesting, shouldn't it? Um, Tim, a lot of people have been asking where is the pod. We thought a lot of people may not want or want to be reminded of uh, the weekend at the DW. We didn't, did we? we? We are here. What? We didn't want to be reminded of it, really, did no, we? not really. Um, I think it needs no, discussing, we, though, doesn't it? As I've said in AVFTT, we've all risen Lazarus-like from our deathbeds. Apart from me, who was never ill in the first place. And um, and you know, just to bring it to, just to bring it to the, the podcast, you know, the podcast team. So we uh, we're here tonight. You're looking very normal. Seeing you've been both real with it all, and don't look we- too bad. It turns out I was only hungover, so. <laughs> <laughs> Common affliction, that is. <laughs> oh, God, that's oh, got John, it. 
Now, is that for effect or is that actually... No, that was a... I've got a chest infection. But I will so- soldier on. Uh, Dallas McKenzie, we're clashing with the antiques road trip. We'll be clashing with Matt. Actually, I don't think he's doing his... <clears throat> Matt Hancock's on at nine o'clock as well. It's been quite amusing watching watching him do all his uh, trials and tribulations in the jungle. But I think... I think uh, He's that good. He's that good at it. I think they got bored of him doing them now. I was I was quite pleased um, to see, uh, shocked and surprised. I think when I saw Chris Moyles in there, I was like, Who, "Who's this old geezer?" It's like Chris Moyles. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I looked him up on Wikipedia, and I'm two years older than him. So right. I was quite pleased with that. I was like, "Christ, he had our paper round or something." Well, he's lost a lot of weight, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's lost about eight stone or something. I think. Um, he was moaning about Boy George nicking his towel yesterday. How was he? So I, I turned it on and I turned it off after that. I must admit, I, 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 the initial interest, it was only because of Hancock, just to see how, how it went down. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to weed myself off it now. I've managed to get by without giving it any attention at all. <laughs> cock by name, cock by nature. Not you, mate. Let's get on with the pod anyway. Uh, Seaside 7, the first topic on the, the Seaside 7 at Wigan Away was, um, I've titled this, The Turnout. I've not even written these out. So it was a very good turnout, Tim. Um, Incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's been interesting because obviously, the you know, we've had this debate over do we get the whole of the Shankly Cop at Preston and... Um, Quite a few of the nobbers have been saying you'll never fill it anyway. You'll you'll be more than three. Well, the fact that we took four to Wigan when we're on a dire run of form um, uh, is testament, I think, to the fact that you know we, we we can turn out in numbers. I think I think our away support on Saturday was one of the largest in the whole of the football league in the Premier League. Um, so you know that that again part of it is because you've got such a large away end compared with what most teams get. But equally, it was an impressive, impressive turnout, I thought. And, mm. um, and, and everybody was in, uh, I wouldn't say, it's, I wouldn't say it was as boisterous as I've seen it at some other no. away games. Um, I mean, we were, um, reasonably late in cause we went in that marquee thing at the side of the, uh, the side of the turnstiles, which was like the away. It was, it was the slowest service of all time. So we we'd gone there, <clears throat> so we all literally came in just before kickoff. But it didn't seem that the, the concourse didn't seem to be quite as bouncing as normal. But I've got to say, I thought the fans generally, particularly in the first half, were in uh, were in very good voice. Mitch, go on. Yeah, sorry. No, I was I thought you were going to ask a question. Then no, I thought it was cracking. I mean, I, I must have got in a bit earlier because it, it was uh, I had a proper good pre-match Wigan experience. Um, be sort of pints in Wigan and stuff, and because um, I went, I went on the train for once, um, and Wigan was, you know, there was pool fans everywhere in Wigan. Um, went to a couple of pubs full of pool fans, had a wander around, um, pool fans everywhere. It was great, and I must have got a bit early, and then it was great because I'd sort of, I'd walk down with my mate who's a Wigan fan, and then sort of split up just at that bridge where you you you'd go from one side to the other, whether you're home or away, and then sort of straight in, and the the it was. You turn uh, concourse was full of smoke and everything, and then 
sort of it was rammed, pushed through, got up to the seat, and it, it was it was fantastic. Unfortunately, that was probably the uh, the highlight of it all. To be fair, the first, to be fair, the first half, as we were going to say, I thought the first half was actually really quite enjoyable, decent atmosphere, you know, behind the team, and we played quite well. So you know, it started well, um, and I think it it does it does go to show that. Um, I think I think it goes to show that we've got a lot lot we've we've complained about our away followings being down a bit, but we've got a lot of um, home games and a lot of people can only afford to do so many at start again. So at that point again, we've got a lot of local away games and a lot of people can probably only afford to do so many away games. And I think a lot of people have kept the powder dry for those local games because there are you know there is only so much spare cash. So maybe some of the more you know. I don't know, I'm trying to think of a game where we're a bit down. Like Sheffield United, we were down on what we were. But if you can only afford to go to so many, you're going to go to Wigan, you're going to go to Burnley, and you're going to go to those ones that are within reach, aren't you? So, Tim, obviously we had a, a large contingent, the the uh, the Wigan boys, I don't know what you want to call them, were, were congregated to our left-hand side. It's actually good to see a crowd at a Wigan game. They're normally very... It's probably, uh, of all the games of and the certain aspects of their support that we'll talk about, no doubt, shortly. Um, but what I, what, what I did quite like was that they seemed, whether it's by design, because I most certainly have not noticed it when I've been before, they all seem to congregate in that stand to the left of us. And, they, and to be fair, they, by doing so, they, they're able to create a reasonable atmosphere and and so it's probably of all the games I've ever been to at Wigan, the one where the home fans have been the most vocal that I've ever heard. Um, which is, you know, to be fair, as a as a collective, before we turn to our Irish tricolour carrier, etc. Um, was was it, it was good? It made for some good banter. It made for some good exchanges. And um, uh, and yeah, it was it was a pro- well. Uh, it's most, you know, it's a proper Lancashire derby, wasn't it? You know, maybe not, maybe not in the same realms as Preston and Burnley, but most, you know, I could, it was sort of like for me, had as much going on as you would get at a Blackburn Blackpool derby match. So uh, I was, I've got to say, atmosphere-wise, I thought it was pretty good. I don't, I don't, I didn't actually see the attendance at the end, but was it, was it about thirteen or something or fourteen thousand, I don't know. I mean obviously it's a big big old ground for them to fill, isn't it? Don't you find it weird though when you have a ground where the most atmosphere is coming from the side? Because the the end opposite us was 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 really, really spar- sparsely populated. And I always just find it very odd when you have a club whose atmosphere comes from the side. I don't know if that's just me. Well but... I think do you know they've done it so they're only to the away fans, presumably, yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't that's what they've done. Um and um, you know, I can I can understand why they did it, and and I don't think it actually impinged on their contribution at all. I think it probably, if anything, it heightened heightened the atmosphere. And and, and what happens is, and we've seen this, not although not very successfully on the pitch from our perspective, that when we give when we give the uh, the north end of the east to away fans, it, it does create a better atmosphere, and you and you can generally, unless you play Middlesbrough. You can feed off that, and 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 it's to everybody's mutual benefit, isn't it? Because our home games, when they're stuck in that southeast corner, we can't hear them in the north. And 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 if we're ebbing a bit, then um, the fact that the other side start up, it could be something that gets you going. So yeah, it was good. It was good. I was impressed by them. 
Not so impressive, though, was the disrespect shown to the, the last post, as uh, Mitch, as Tim's mentioned there. Uh, one of them's holding a tricolour and um, shouts and screams when the, the minute silence was happening. Yeah, well, I mean, laughing, I, didn't they? They did yeah at the time, I, I didn't see any of the tricolour stuff, but all I heard was, um, you know, there was the usual sort of occasional, you know, somebody whistled and somebody had shut up, and then I just heard this laughing, and I thought, well, why are they laughing? Um, and then it, it, it um, I wasn't sure whether it was us or them that started the applause, because I think I think some of ours started shouting "shut up," and then somebody somewhere obviously decided that it would be a good idea to start applauding to drown it all out, which would probably you know is is you lose the impact of the last post because that sort of in the silence is very very moving and it's a good sort of point of reflection, isn't it? Um, but I, I think in the context, I think whoever did start that applause did the right thing, and it sort of spread around the whole ground. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, it's just unbelievably disrespectful. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the makeup was of that group, but I can bet the bet the bottom dollar they weren't predominantly of, of Celtic origin. Um, so, it's, whether it's linked to McLean and and his stance or not, on the sort of like think they're being big by copying him, I don't know. But listen, there's plenty of their granddads, or more likely great granddads. Um, and great great granddads died in in those wars, and the and the pals regiments, Wigan addicts, Wigan pals who got mowed down. And I just thought, mm. I, to be honest, it made me a bit sick. Really, I, I was absolutely disgusted with it. I do think our lot shouldn't have shouted, "Shut up!" But sometimes it's a a natural reaction, and I think it, from as best I can recall, it was also started all clapping, realizing it, you were never going to gain that silence again. And it was the best thing to do, and it was probably the most appropriate thing to do, and and all the ground sort of joined in, didn't they? So, um, but it was absolutely disgraceful. I said it was just, it wasn't just one. It, there must have been tw- whether they intended to do it or whether it just happened. But they all started laughing in the middle of the fucking minute silence. I mean, I think I've, I've never seen, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was just. Disgraceful. But I think I was talking to it. I was talking about it after the game with a couple of Wigan fans, and they were saying, "Well, it's just." You know, it is this thing that time's passing, and you know, like uh, the, what what it actually signifies and what it actually stands for is drifting away, isn't it? So, you know, my, my both my grandparents fought in the Second World War. Um, obviously, when I was a kid, you know, there was still a few people knocking around who fought in the First World War, and there was a few old boys who, you know, got tin legs and stuff because of what had happened sixty, seventy years before. And we're drifting, you know, we're drifting away from that. And, and and you wonder, don't you, whether they actually really properly understand what it is? Because they were all, they were a bunch of young lads. They were sort of a bu- bunch of young lads in that kind of young lads uniform with the hoods up, with the little goggles on and stuff. And you you wonder to what extent they really understand what the the whole ceremony is about. It's funny. It's funny, but everywhere I've gone in in the world, apart from when you go anywhere near Liverpool uh, or Celtic. People seem to get what a minute silence is all about. It doesn't, they don't need to be particularly educated on the specifics of who died and when they died. They know it's a a mark of respect, and they know what it's all about. We know we have the remembrance. We have the poppies. We remember um, Sunday every year. It's on telly. Um, they were just ignorant, and I think I, I do believe it's linked to a, some form of cult with that Prato place for them, who seems to um, be unable to recognise the fact that. 
whatever his political views are, that he should show some respect in relation to people who died in the wars, including um, plenty of Irish people, let's be right. He's, but he's from Northern Ireland. There's plenty of Northern Ireland soldiers died in both wars as well. So anyway, I've said my piece. It's it's it was it was shocking. Um, I did say at AVFTT at the time. I thought we should have just ignored them, but I think it was it's difficult to do that. And I understand, I sort of get why some people would say shut up. And I know it said in the comments it sounded like we started it. We didn't. It was a reaction to that laughing and. Um, yeah, we did. We definitely didn't start it because I was right above where people started shouting from, and it was it was absolutely hundred percent a response. We we didn't start that. No way. Yeah. As Matt Smith just said, I'm at bring back national service. Yeah, and the birch for them lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Uh, the lineup. Get it up again. As the nun said to the vicar. I put the lineup. No grimy. Uh, three changes. From the the elephant team. in the room, eh? The mm. elephant in the room. Connolly, Williams, and Lavery all starting. But yeah, the the main the main shock was uh, Maxwell retaining the goalkeeper's jersey. Well, it's it's the one decision that I that you could. Take. I mean, I think other than that, I think that probably is the strongest lineup we could put out of the players who are fit. But I, I, I think I think I said on here. I certainly put something on some internet thing or other that at the time when he brought Maxwell back, I said, "Look, he's an experienced voice. He brings a bit of um, direction and control, perhaps to to a, a, an otherwise ragged defence." But it's just run its course because we are still shite at defending. Um, and we've got now a, a keeper that is, he's not as good as Grimmy. You know, he's hes not a bad keeper. I don't wish to see Maxwell sort of drop from the top of the big one as some kind of punishment or um, rode out to sea and tied to a rock. And, you know, I, I've, not, I've no real problem with Chris Maxwell. He's just not as good as Grimmy. And even if Grimmy plays and we make exactly the same mistakes and exactly the same thing happens, then there's the potential for Grimshaw to learn from the circumstance because he's a young keeper who's played, I think, less than about 35 games of senior football or started less than about 35 games. So he's gaining experience because we just don't seem to be getting any advantage now from playing Maxwell at all. That's my view. And Grimmy got dropped for virtually nothing. So why doesn't the same thing apply to Maxwell? Tim... um... Michael Opperton's come out in the press today, I don't know if you've seen it, defending the decision to not bring Grimmy back. More or less saying, uh, oh, what was it now? Something along the lines of, like, everyone's a football manager, aren't they? So I've been a bit... You don't, need to be a football, <clears throat> you don't need to be a football manager to know that Grimshaw's better than Maxwell. Um, and I find it quite condescending that Appleton thinks that people can watch the team can't have valid opinions, very valid opinions, I think, in this particular case, um, and and voice them. Um, you know, what we're meant to do, just worship at the altar of Michael Appleton and his managerial skills. Um, I'm sorry, but in this case, <clears throat> it's fundamentally wrong, um, as, as, uh, as 
as has just been said by Mitch, um, um, Grimshaw got dropped for very little. Probably his distribution when he had the ball at his feet, as I've spoken about in the past. Um, and uh, Maxwell seems to keep the shirt come what may. My my take on it is is that, that Appleton and Grimshaw have had a fallout in some shape or form, and he's committed, at least in the short term, to sticking with Maxwell, notwithstanding the fact that it, it means that it's compromising uh, the, the team and the squad. Um, because mm. on any footballing basis, Grimshaw played on Saturday. I'm just any, reading <coughs> any footballing basis. Just reading Sean's uh, Lanks Live article here. Chris is an experienced player, an experienced head, and he did his bit against Wigan. He certainly wasn't the reason why we lost the game, and he certainly hasn't been the reason why we've lost games in the past. Well, I beg to differ. Happy. Well, I think even if you even if you um, accept that there are, there probably is. You know, you always get it when a fan favourite is out the team. Whoever's in the team, everybody pounces on everything and tries to, you know, spot the mistake and, and pin stuff on them. But what I would like to know is what was it that Grimshaw did that was so awful to get dropped? When he said, oh, he's had a few indifferent games, hasn't he? And I, I hadn't watched those games thinking, bloody hell, Grimmy's been shite. But I have watched some games since Max... I mean, Let's be fair, I've watched some games since Maxwell has been back and thought, yeah, he's played quite well. But I've also watched some games and thought he's at very least been indifferent. So the same, you know, am I am I not am I not seeing the same games? Is there some kind of secret goalkeeping knowledge that I've not got that that you know what what is it in particular that allows Appleton that, what is it that Appleton sees where he says, Oh well, Maxwell's playing well, and what's he seeing in Grimshaw that says he's indifferent? I don't get it. What I'm interested from here from Sean is because obviously he's in the chat. Is I think he, I think it was him who put the stats up that show Grimshaw still. Um, yeah, one point nine. Yeah, he's he's above. He's saved one point nine more goals than you'd expect him to. Whereas Maxwell has let in. Maxwell's on something like minus zero point six. 0.4 is it 0.6? 0.6, 0.6, is it? Yeah. So. Sean being the stato man that he's, he's been in his um, uh, in his career on the podcast would would be shouting out, I'd expect, for Grimshaw to play every week on the basis of those stats. And um, he's, you know, I, I don't, I just, I don't get it. Well, the only explanation is there's been a fallout, and 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 I think that's the only logical conclusion you can draw. Grimshaw's challenged Appleton over the decision to drop him and Appleton's not reacted to it um, uh, positively and has decided to stick with Maxwell. That's the only logical explanation I can put mm. on why he's playing Maxwell at the moment this because is, Maxwell isn't the same as he was two years ago. For no. me, he's dropped. This is the he's big not thing. dropped this a lot, the big he thing for me, Tim. This is the big thing for me, um, what Tony Lawson's just said. He has no command of the area and he scares the defence. Um, nail on head there, Tony. He's just, yeah. yeah. He's and just listen, this is we, 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 you know, we, we're back. We've got ourselves back in the championship, and and I don't want us to lose our place, and we are at risk of it, lose our place in the championship because of, you know, the fact that the manager can't find it in him to pick the best keeper because a, of the, because of other reasons. I I saw him in um, Costa after the game. I went to. Um, I parked up in the retail park. I had Eddie with me and 
um, Ben and his son. So we just went, thought we'd go into a Costa and uh, let the traffic die down and have a drink. And I was just jadedly sipping my latte. <laughs> and um, Very middle class of you, that, John. Well, it was, it was actually in a takeaway cup, which annoyed me. I said I didn't want it in a takeaway cup. Or in a proper cup. Maybe they thought you would have throw it. <laughs> they said, well, we're shutting at six. I was like, so fucking what? Well. Anyway, that's that's by the by. I was just drinking my uh, coffee. You know when you're like, you have to double take? And I looked across the way and I thought, he looks just like Grimmy. I said to Ben, I said, is that Grimmy over there? He looks back and he said, yeah, it's him. So we used the uh, the kids as a, a beeline to go over and uh, say something to him on the on the way out. You know, like frame it as if we're just going over there to get a picture, a selfie with them, which he did. And I said to him, I said, why the fucking hell are you not playing? And um, I could try to explain the look he had on his face. It was like as if to say, I have no idea why. Um, he just said, his, his exact words were, he's just not picking me. That's what he, he said. He did like a few comments where people alluded to the same analysis that you just come out with there in varying formats on Twitter. I think he, he subsequently unliked them, but he's clearly extreme. Well, are we, we, uh, were you there when we were speaking to his father-in-law at, um, at Coventry? No. You, um, I think you were outside. It was at half time, and, we, and he was saying he's so frustrated because he doesn't. He's done nothing wrong. Day, everybody, everybody wants he's to play, doesn't he? <laughs> Everybody wants to play, but I think he thinks he's been dropped undeservedly. And the problem is, what what happens if he puts a transfer request in and says, "I'm, I'm I want to go play somewhere where I'm going to be starting starting keeper." He, he's he's in his early twenties. I think we've spoken before about he's clearly got ability to improve. He's he's a player we could end up getting millions for. If, we're gonna, if he's never going to get millions for Maxwell. So if you're looking at the model of bringing young players in, playing them, turning them over and bringing next young players in, keeping Maxwell in, who isn't the better keeper against Grimshaw, who is the young better keeper who has got the value moving forward, makes no commercial sense even before you start looking at the football sense. Mm. It's mental. Yeah. Well, I think I could probably come up with a some form of defence for just about everything that's laid at Appleton's door. I'm not saying I would necessarily believe 100% in all of those in all of those defences, but just about everything. If you if you get the most sort of ardent Appleton out person and he can shout at me, what about this, what about this, what about this, what about this, is I can come up with some sort of defence for almost everything, apart from even the lack of subs at Wigan, apart from the fact that he seems to have dumped Grimmy in the bin. Because if you look at our under-contract players, our players, I probably you could make a pretty good case for Grimmy being the best of them. You know, Yates, probably Yates, Grimmy, Marvin's, you know, Marvin's fell to bits, but, you know, Marvin last year, Yates, Grimmy, Marvin, and then maybe the potential of Carey. And then apart from that, everybody else is is much of a muchness but we're throwing that player in the bin and I don't get it. You know, It's going to be Appleton's undoing that. If he's not careful, it could be his undoing because the, the, the logic that we're applying to the scenario, listen, let's not, let's not beat about the bush. Our owner will have his own views as well and he'll see it. And it, it, it defies exp- explanation to me. It, it defies, exp- it's stuck. I started to have my issues 
um, even before we went on the on the uh, on the losing run, you know, where I was thinking, Mm-mm. but since we've got on that four game run, obviously three before Saturday, I was generally thinking, why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? And and then you know we have, we've obviously saw Middlesbrough. I mean, it was it was horrific, and he still doesn't drop him. Now, whether he's thinking, whether in his logic he's thinking, well, there's one more game and then we've got a break and then I can bring Grimshaw back after the break before the, in the run-up to Christmas. I don't know, but I don't get the impression that that's, you know, all the all the speakers effectively. I know I know he won't want to, won't want to undermine his player in public, but well, it's he, almost he, like nailing his reputation. He undermined Grimshaw in public. He dropped Grimshaw and said, yeah, he's had a few iffy games. Yeah. Dropped him in public and said he hadn't played well after the game, which at the time I stood up for because I thought, well, you can roll the dice. The defence is shit. Let's, you know, I've, I've already made this point, but he did it with no great ceremony and he was pretty adamant that, that, that Grimmy was at fault for a few things that had gone on. So, you know, Maxwell, we've done that experiment. We've tried to see if the experienced head tightens up the defence. It clearly hasn't. So why can't you roll the dice in the same way and say, right, Maxi, you know, we're going to chuck Grimmy in. It's his turn, as he's clearly done to Grimmy. I, I don't get it. But And 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 I, and I also assume... And to that be he's fair, had... he's done that to Maxwell in the past, hasn't he? He's dropped Maxwell for Grimshaw in the past. Um, so I, I'm um, incredibly frustrated. And like you say, it's probably. I, I, and the problem is, as soon as he starts coming out, I haven't, I haven't read that stuff today. As soon as he starts coming out with that tripe, which is clearly isn't, you know, you know, your seven-year-old, your seven. Sorry, I forgot how old his son is now, John. But uh, your seven or eight-year-old son will know that Grimm is a better keeper than Maxwell. It's not rocket science we're talking about here. I think he's actually said that. Why is Grimmy not playing? Of course he will. Of course he will. Because it's bloody obvious. It's staring every single person. He watches football on a reasonably regular basis in the face. Look at the reaction. Look at the reaction when Maxwell went down, and the whole of that away end started going duh, 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 Daniel Grimshaw, yeah. and the whole, you know. And I had it's sort of I'd kind of put it from the back of my mind, but as soon as Grimmy got up, I was like, "Yeah, go on, Grimmy." And then I felt a bit tight on Maxwell, you know, because I don't, I don't particularly want Maxwell to get hurt just so that I can see the goalkeeper I want. But I was kind of thinking, oh, I hope he's stay down. down, stay yeah, down, stay down. I hope he's I here. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's bad, that. But yeah, should have brought Stuart Moore in, eh, Tim? <laughs> well. Big, to me. big big Stu could yet 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 get the call. He'd probably get a call ahead of Grimshaw at the moment, I think. Big Stu deserves to go up again. Uh he deserves the the shirt more than Maxwell, I think. Um given yeah, all, all those magic. tremendous performances he had for Geisley affecting the shirt. My cousin who listens to this pod came up to me at the Wigan and he said he said them two were really hated on Stuart Moore, weren't they? And I said, Yeah, I think I said I think they've I think he's like shagged one of the messes or something. One of yeah, they really hate him. Nothing, nothing personal against you. <laughs> we're, just grimy, we're just grimy fans. Right, let's move on. Third point, Marv off again. Um, Tim, let's come to you with this one. Was Dougal at fault for this, um, or was he? Does he share the lines? Lion's share of the fault. Uh, it wasn't a great header. I think the problem is that ball was bobbling around quite a lot, wasn't it? 
it was bobbling around and he went to head it back. But I don't think it, it quite was where he was expecting it to be at the point in time he did it. And so it was, it was, it, it didn't quite have the, the force on it. I think that he, he would have ideally wanted. Um, I have to say, and listen, I know there'll be people who say it is a red, but I do not think that's a red card. I think the ball's coming, the ball's coming down. Marv's put, got his foot, he's only got his foot, what, um, a foot off the floor, and he's gone to control the ball. And and is, is it McLean? I'm sorry, I've forgotten who went in on him. Is it McLean that goes in on him? Isn't it? It is, isn't it? I don't know. Some Wigan player. Whoever it, whoever, whoever it was. They, you know, they were fast. You know, they came in quicker than Marv was expecting. And he seemed to almost like pull back a bit from it, to be honest. I think he could see what was happening. There was no malicious intent whatsoever. I don't think I don't think he can be construed as last man because I think somebody would have come in and covered. And so I, I'm left thinking if that had been anywhere else on the pitch, then in that particular area, I don't think he'd have gone. And I think it was a mistake. Um, and it ruined the game. End yeah. of. I, those were exact words I used. Ruined the game. It was the, never, ref, uh, the ref's very quick to get, get his red out. He should have composed himself and had a, had a quick think about it, maybe conferred with his linesman. But he, he couldn't wait to get that red out, could he? Couldn't yeah, wait. It wasn't, there's no way that was malicious. Never. He hasn't I, got uh, malicious bone in his body, has he? Now, well, sometimes, sometimes when it's last man... You go, don't you? And last, you know, we saw it at Sheffield, but that was a second yellow. It was no worse than what he did at, at, at Sheffield United. And I tell you what, if, if that happened to one of our players, I wouldn't have been shouting for the opposition to get sent off in that scenario. It was, a, it was, it was a, it was a clumsy challenge. But he was, he was in the driving seat to get the ball. It wasn't like he was trying to nick in on, on. Let's say it's McLean. If it was, or it wasn't. Doesn't really matter. But, you know, if McLean had been in the driving seat to get the ball and he's coming with his feet up, that's a completely different matter. But the ball's coming to him. He's gone to meet it. And then if it is McLean, McLean's the one who's come, come in quick and caught him unawares. That's not a sending off. End of. Mitch, your views? Uh, it wasn't a sending off. Um, I think the key, the key point is the thing, the last thing Tim said was that... Um, at the ground, I kind of went, what the hell's gone on there? You know, because it, 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 he he didn't throw himself into a tackle. He wasn't moving forward in an aggressive or violent way. He hadn't sort of, you know, it wasn't like, say, um, Carey's trip at Burnley where he'd sort of, you know, thrown himself full length to trip a player up. He'd, he'd, he'd gone to control a difficult ball. And if anything, their player, when I watched it back, if anything, their player seems to... Um, almost make more aggressive intent towards the ball. I mean, yeah, the ball's there to to be fought for. Um, goes over Marvin because Marvin's not quite done what I think the player thinks he's going to do, um, and he just he, he's been he's been sent off for being hesitant. He's been sent off for sort of dithering a bit on what he's going to do with the ball. And the other thing that really pissed me off was the ref had started off by letting everything go. He'd started off by being really lenient and letting the game flow. And then the first moment he had to make a decision, he chucks a red card out. And so, yeah. Subbed himself, and subbed himself at half-time. Andy, Andy Davis was his name. Do we actually know why they changed the ref? 
I think it was because the international football authorities, the haters, were terrified that he would do something to level things up in the second half. So they thought, well, we better pull him off and, and put another put another ref on instead so that won't happen. I think that's why it was. Sounds, sounds plausible to me, that. It's yet another shock of a referee. But I think, as you said, Tim, it ruined the game. That's what pissed me off more than anything. Yeah, you, you ruined the game. You know, you, the game's you, ruined. Yeah, you spent. You know, you look forward to it. You go all day. Uh, you know, go out. You know, those three coaches came. From, you know, I know there's loads of Blackpool everywhere. Three coaches came from Poulton, which was a gr- the biggest turnout for an away game from Poulton for any of the games that we've done <coughs> with coaches running. And then you get there within 17 minutes, you know that you're just going to play a rear guard action for the rest of the game, and you're not going to see a team play the football in the way that you want to see them. <coughs> And, you do, you and, don't mind if it's a proper scything tackle or it's a you know an obvious score stops an obvious goal scoring opportunity. You, you'll say right, okay, fair enough. But it can work some, like uh, sometimes. Sometimes you know if it's the second half, it doesn't have a massive difference. But when it happens so early in the game, there's absolutely no way that that even you know the the ten fittest men in the world are going to really be able to hold out against eleven for the thick end of. Uh, 80, 85 minutes with inj- with stoppage time. But we were down to 10 men. Cometh, really. the, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Big gas, boom. There's only one man who can talk us through this sublime moment. And that's you, Mr. Mitch. <laughs> This is the one he put to the left, wide to the left, we're going to talk about now. <laughs> so no, he, did pull um, one, he did pull one wide first. I think he was just getting his, what's it called? Rangy. You know when cricketers get the, get the sight or something when they mm. hit the bat. He was just getting his, getting his sights on the goals and putting a marker down. And um, 34 minutes, blam, what a strike. Well, it was just, it was just sensational, wasn't it? And, um, it, it, it was everything that you kind of hope Gaz would be, but you know that that we've we've quite rarely seen him take a ball down on the edge of the box. With I mean, he'll take the ball down on the edge of the box, but he'll, he'll so often shuffle it sideways or whatever. But just the turn and then the power on the shot it was like the it was like the West Brom penalty combined with the with the sort of the touch of I don't know um, who's good at taking the ball down in world football, the touch of John Charles and the, the, the in his own West Brom penalty, he nearly broke the net. And I, I genuinely... That one. That one. Um, actually, no, it wasn't that one. It was the West Brom penalty in the cup in lockdown oh, where, okay. where that keeper had been dicking around and he just like looked at the keeper and then nearly killed him. <laughs> you can't beat that thud though on that penalty. The thud, oh, you can't. The thud was very similar when his boot hit the ball at Wigan. And I, I, t- like, I liked the fact that he used his strength and determination to get yeah. the fuck out of my way, centre-half. This is mine. Yeah. Yeah, and he'd been doing that all day. He'd been he'd been levering the the centre half off the ball all day, and I think they actually switched switch round who was on Gaz in the second half because Tilt was on him in the second half, and I'm not sure it was Tilt that he beat. And Tilt actually did a lot. I mean, a he was he was he was cropped in the second half, I think, and b I think Tilt did a better job on him in the second half. I could be wrong on that, but um, there's two things. Is one 
I um, nearly passed out after we'd scored because I was that happy. And two, I got leapt on by three people, two or three people who I don't actually know, shouting, It's me! <laughs> which, was, which was absolutely fantastic, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Made myself cough. But it was a great highlight of the day, wasn't it, in the way, and limbs and he's... He's doing that. To the well, crowd. it was a good ball for Patino to start off with, wasn't it? Yes, and then, it was. And uh, and and you had a little bit of the Gaz shithousery, to which just uh, just which just puts like the the icing on the cake of the goal, doesn't it? So uh, I think there was an argument that it was a foul, but you know, listen, he's using his strength, he's creating his sort of position. It, it, it was a 1950s centre forwards goal that you see all the time, isn't it? It's a Nat Loft house. It was. Uh, Stan Bortonson, it was it was a John Charles as we've talking about, where they just basically bludgeon the way through and then l- let let rip. So Tim's basically just says Gary Medine is the football is the modern day equivalent of Stan Mortensen. Well, I'll take that. You'll take that one. <laughs> you'll, you'll, um... that, that's literally why I like him because he's a player out of time and he's 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 a player from a, a bygone era of football, mm. you know. And, and and you don't get many Gary Medines anymore. What we, do, what we need to do is we need to get him some knee length shorts and, <laughs> and a, a pipe. And... He'll, he'll only pull them up into his hot pants as he runs on. That to be fair, a pipe. <laughs> Anyway. Charlie, Charles, Charles, Charles. Yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite surprised you're stalking him on the, uh, on the Play de America strip at the moment, Mitch. We do, we're not tempted to fly out. and well, the Patreon funds to fly Mitch over there. I don't think I'd last very long in Tenerife with Gary Medine, to be honest. I barely managed a night in Wigan. We'll come to that shortly. Right, next topic. Which I have entitled Corner Fiasco. Tim, Corner Fiasco. Well, well, you mean the corner that wasn't a corner to start off with? Uh, yeah, there is that. Um, so I think um, I, I'm going to. I don't know who. I don't know which player it was for Wigan, but they they pushed the ball past Jerry, and and Jerry sort of stuck with them a bit, and they, they both sort of tumbled into each other, didn't they? As the ball hit the line, and. Jerry's shepherding, Jerry, shepherding it out, isn't Jerry he? never touched the ball. And, and soon as, he, as soon as he got up, he could see what the linesman was doing. And he went, no, 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 I didn't touch it, didn't touch it, didn't touch it. And he didn't touch it. it was, no. I was right in front of him. No way did he touch that. And it, it's almost, it, it, you know, you could almost, uh, with a bit of, you don't need telepathy to know what happens when you concede a corner that isn't a corner. And, um, and, uh, and no so one could have... To- <laughs> And not so even, it came to not be. Even, not even uh, Gypsy Petulenko herself could have predicted that, though. Well, maybe she could predict. We could have predicted the goal, but <laughs> yeah, um, a goal maybe, but not the way it went in. Ab- absolute <laughs> fuck up on every single level. I mean, how how anybody scores direct from a corner when you've got players on the front post and the keeper on the front post? It's like everybody abrogated responsibility completely and just like I think Maxwell I'm having that, am I? Um uh Max Maxwell uh, he, he definitely lived up to his name Flapswell there because he he was just 
I, I don't whether he thought that the player at the front post, whoever that was, I think it was two actually. There was, was three. Good, good. It was, I think there was three. <laughs> three was one of them would have attacked it, but it, it was almost like too many cooks. There was too many people there. Nobody took responsibility. They all looked around expecting somebody <laughs> else to deal with it. And most importantly, and and almost unforgivably from a keeper's perspective, one thing you do not let is a ball come past you on the front post. That's that's where it was. It was like barking mad that nobody makes any effort to go anywhere near it. I'm I'm more pointing the blame of thing, uh, the finger of blame Mitch, at the defence rather than Maxwell. How how three of them can allow that ball to come into the box? And maybe Maxwell's just been flabbergasted that it's there, and you, by the time you've seen the ball, it's gone in. I don't know. What, what's your? Opinion? It was well. It's it snuck in at the far post as well, didn't it? Because it, it was the way I in in real time. I kind of went. That's not a fucking corner. Right, here we go. Shit, that's quite close. Fuck, it's gone through them all. Like, no, it's going across the face of goal. Fuck, it's gone in. And it was just how it snuck in at the far post. And there must have been there must have been five chances to get a foot on it and do something. And everybody just watched. And and that's like, it's like, was it Luton or was it Middlesbrough where it was Borough where they scored a goal just by running at us and everyone just watched them run at us and then they scored. And it was a different goal, but it was the same vibe of sort of we'll all get we'll all get together and point at each other and sort of point at somebody else and do sort of do things that football you know, like when kids go on, out on the pitch and they do the pointing and they do stuff, but they don't actually know what they're doing. And it was our defense is a bit like that, where they don't actually really appear to know what they what they're doing. They just point and sort of pat each other on the back and clap their hands at each other. I suppose you can cut them a tiny bit of slack with the fact that it was Dougal playing centre half, and we literally had one recognised centre half on the pitch, and he's a bit shit as well. Pardon the interruption. Normal service will be resumed shortly. This is just a quick message. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To say, if you're enjoying this content, I would like to say thanks for this podcast and the many others, then please consider joining our Patreon supporter program where you can donate a small monthly amount to help support this content and help us pay our bills. To do so, go to patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod 
There are several tiers you can support us on, starting from the price of a pint per month and upwards. And in exchange, you get this annoying advert removed from all audio pods and also everything ad-free on the audio. You'll also get access to our Patreon supporters WhatsApp group, which is good fun and other random giveaways as and when they come in. So please do support us. Patreon.com forward slash Seasiders pod. Let's get back to the content. See you later. That's that's the whole that's the whole thing at the moment though in a nutshell, isn't it? Is how much slack do you cut for what is what what the circumstances are and the repeated bad luck and how much do you put down to the fact that there are also some fundamental things that don't seem to be working. So, you know, you can say, well, Dougal was at centre-half, but then you go to the game before and you go, well, what do you cut them slack for there? And the game before, what do you cut them slack? And we conceded a lot of goals and we haven't had Dougal at centre-half for all of them. And actually, I thought Dougs did all right at centre-half for a player that has probably never played centre-half in his life before. Um, and actually, to be honest, I thought the team collectively did all right, but we've been done un- undone again by a calamitous goal. This is how calamitous that our, our our season is, is that my mate who doesn't doesn't even support another championship club, who I drive to work with, finds it amusing because when I get in the car on a Monday morning, he goes, what went wrong this week? And I went straight from a corner, Joe. And he went, oh, you know, and that's that he's finding our our defence amusing from, you know, from from a, from such a distance. He's not even watching any of the highlights or anything. So, oh, by the way, John, we've been pulled on the timism by Gurney. Abdicated. But he didn't yeah. say, I said abrogated. Yeah, I- Abdicated. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done abdicated, Gurney. Which is, which is to uh, basically is to fail to do what's required. Is is probably the best definition. There you go. So, Gurney, I'm afraid it was a timism. I give the great man one there, one per game at least. Right, let's move on. Next one. On tilt. Anyone who's played a. Fruit machine, so not a fruit machine, a pinball machine will know what I'm on about here. It's when you're getting angry and the inevitable happens. And Tim, I think with the number of balls that Wigan were relentlessly playing into the box, for me, it was only a matter of time before they eventually scored. And as as for Wigan, um, what was his name? The chap that came on the preview show, he said, our only way of scoring goals is by crosses into the box. And that's literally all that they did. Throughout the map. And they did it very effectively, didn't yeah. they? You know, and whatever else I think of McLean, he's he's a he's very, very good at, at getting the ball in and um and and, and 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 making effective crosses rather than just hopeful crosses. And but it was that they were coming in from both sides, and to be fair, I think the defense um stood up um uh, to to everything that came then relatively manfully, but there's only so many times and I, to be fair, I was like, this isn't with the benefit of hindsight. I was saying this before they scored. This, you know, how many corners and how many crosses are we letting in? And, and at some point, that one of them is going to go in. It's, it, but law of averages says that one's going to go in, and it was crushingly disappointing that it occurred. I think it was at the 89th minute, and 
it was tilt. I mean, you know, of all last thing you want is an ex Blackpool player um scoring against you in the 89th minute in what is a very, very important game. And um it's it was it was crushing really. I think that was the ex- that's probably the the way I, I felt the time. I was absolutely crushed. Mm. Um because that's a big six point of that. And there was no way back in 89th minute. Yes, there was quite a few, I think it was five or six minutes stoppages. They just kept the ball. The only, the only thing, is it on, I don't know it's only seven because unfortunately being very unprofessional, I've not looked at the There season, it is. Seven. That's what you're going to say. No subs. We can discuss how we get into the scenario yes. where that's happening in, in the latter part of the game, can't we? So you've stolen off under there, Tim, but I'll let you off. Mm. A nice segue into that. What you have just mentioned, Mitch, we'll come to you on this. Um, two parts to this seventh point, I guess. Um, no subs, which, as Tim has alluded to there, may have contributed to the fact that we were being constantly overrun and under see, uh, a barrage of crosses. No subs made by Michaelson. Bizarrely, no substitutes made when players out there were literally dying on their arse, Gazmadine being one. We've got options on the bench. To potentially hurt them, CJ. Do, Hamilton, do we have options on the bench? Though? Well, we've got CJ, 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 the shopping trolley. Yeah, but the shopping trolley is can't play a position. He comes on and runs around, and he's the very definition of a luxury player who you bring on when you want a goal. Um, CJ possibly, but I tell you why Gaz stayed on, and I mean Gaz, Gaz, Gaz went. He got a crack in the back or he landed funny on about 50 minutes and he wasn't even walking properly after that. He was like holding his side all the time. And it was it was like torture watching him out there. But the reason he stayed on is because that is you take him off with Equiteta off the off the scene, that is a tiny side. And they just kept flinging balls into the box and corner after corner. And I literally think Medine, Appleton thought he couldn't take Medine off because we would concede instantly at a corner. 100%. Could have played him centre-half. Well, maybe you could, but I mean, it's it's getting to a joke. I mean, I said it on the other pod, on, on previous podcasts, it's, it's, it is actually a bit ridiculous that Medine is still, you know, the our number one key player when I think everybody in the world expected this season to be a kind of transition away from Medine at the age of 32 and not being particularly mobile. But now he appears to be the key striker and the key defender as well. You know, and I'm not even joking when I say that. So I think he left Medine on for that. The shopping trolley can't play a position. Um, look, look down the subs list then. Garber, what would be the point of bringing Garber on? Um, Ward was the one that I thought was probably going to come on at some point and 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 sure at the midfield. But to be fair, for two players who are very inexperienced and uh, more attack-minded players, I thought Carey and Patino both put a, a real shift in. I think Ward was the one. Trusty, well, do you trust Trusty? That's that's the question. And you know, CJ again. He's not the world's most defensively minded player. Yeah, I think the wide players were where he needed to make a change. I think Medine was where the whole crowd wanted to make a change. But actually, I could see why he was leaving him on because he's literally got nobody else. Nobody else above about six. You know, well, there's, there's another. Listen, um, being uh, Appleton's defence advocate at this point of the show, 
Uh, I think the other reason you leave, you don't make changes in uh, in the forward positions on the pitch is that you've got players there who will actually keep the ball for you. And what you've got with Corbinu and what you've got with um, yeah. CJ is uh, effectively, nicely, I mean, I'm not a headless chickens who will maybe run with the ball, maybe lose the ball. They're very unlikely to keep the ball for you. And what I think what we're seeing as time goes on is that there's, there's a core of players who Appleton trusts. We t- spoke about this on the last show, didn't we, about how there's players out there. And, and to be fair, one of them came on, Williams, and we haven't spoken about him, who I thought did extremely well, to be fair to him. But he didn't... I, I don't, he, Appleton has a core of players he trusts, and I think he's reluctant to take them off. And I think it's... Re- I think it's right he's reluctant to take Medina off because he knew there was corners coming in and he needed Medina in there for those. But he's also somebody who will hold the ball up, as, just as Jerry will hold the ball up, and to a certain degree, so will Lavery. And I, and I think when when you start putting people on who... when you We weren't chasing a goal. We were trying to hold on to what we've got. So I can sort of understand the logic, but the flip side is certain players were so knackered that could they actually contribute effectively, and that and that's where you, that's where you've got the conundrum as to what you do. So I'm actually not going to have a go at Appleton for not making subs. Uh, I, I will have a go at him for playing uh, an out of form keeper ahead of one of the best young keepers of the country, and leave it at that. Um, so that's my take on it. Okay, um, sacked in the morning was the chant that rang out. On the way end in the uh, the final whistle, I was actually quite shocked mm. to hear that. It wasn't everyone seeing it either. I wasn't. I was a bit. Was, wow. It caused a bit of friction in the stands, actually. Yeah. And what percentage would you say? Fifty? Fifty percent? Mm, I think it was less than that. I think it was more like thirty. Yeah. But um, it was more than I thought, and it was quite vocal, obviously. But there was people actually remonstrating with each other, with people who didn't think it was appropriate. Um, actually, you know, going up to people saying "shut the f up" or whatever they were saying, and 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 it was causing conflict, and that that was just the bit of the ground I was in. I don't know what happened elsewhere, but I, I I thought it was I thought it was um, we showed a lack lack of class as fans. I think when you do stuff like that, because that wasn't Appleton's subject to the observation about the keeper. Um. That wasn't Appleton's fault we lost at Wigan. We lost at Wigan because of that refereeing decision in the 17th minute. That's why we lost. Somebody said in the chat, you know, his Wigan mate said we'd have won easily if we'd have been 11 v 11. I actually genuinely believe we'd have won that game 11 well, v 11. I'll just jump into him. First half, we had, we played well first half and there were so many moments where it felt like with an extra player on the pitch, we'd have absolutely had the overlap. We'd have, we've had the moment, we've had the pressure. Um, and first half, it didn't feel like we had 10 men at all. In fact, first half, it felt like we had more men than we had against um, Middlesbrough. And yeah, Middlesbrough won it, the, the absolute shocking one. Um, and how can I put it? Um I thought we could have gone in two or three up at half-time with 11 men without question because they were awful. Mm. And I think it's that's what I think that's what's frustrating is they were terrible. They, they are us. They're on this dreadful run. They've just sacked the manager. They've got no confidence. And we went out. We really mixed it with them. We were better. So, yeah, I'm with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to make that such a long interruption. <laughs> you didn't say that because of my sigh there. No, I don't know why. <laughs> it was just a large intake of breath. 
It was not relevant. It was not relevant to your monologue, bitch. <laughs> I think, and, you know, and uh, Harry's saying in the chat, you know, Appleton's not the man for the job. I think that's a different point to whether you actually really have a go at him about the substitute point. I think there's, 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 there's. I, I, I'm, I'm not happy about his condescending comments towards people who are actually making legitimate points. Deal with them, but don't suggest people haven't got a clue. Um, you know, he's got he's, he's got his Achilles heel over over this Grimshaw Appleton thing. It's going to be his undoing, uh, in my view, um, if he carries on with it. Most certainly, um, but but I'm not going to have a go at him about making what I think is a logical decision, which let's get it right. We were a couple of minutes away from it working. Mm. So, um, and you know, the the reality is that Fig says in there about Medine, it's, it's a, it's an issue of our recruitment. The fact, the reality is in, in, in any corner or any defensive free kick, Medine is our most effective player. He is, he's the best, he's the best header of the ball we've got. And, in, and the number of times he clears the ball, in those situations or gets his head on it or, or most certainly neutralizes their um, attacking threat. It's every, virtually every one. So you, if you know, you're going to face a barrage of that, then even if he's starting to limp in, if he started, he's less mobile than he was in the first half. I can see the logic of a, of a, of a manager saying, I'm keeping him on because I need him for that reason. And I'll, I'll, because Corbino's not going to give you that, CJ's not going to give you that, and that and that's that that is a that is a decision I can respect and understand, as distinct from other ones I can't. So, um, it, it's it, defending him in relation to this doesn't necessarily mean that I defend him overall in the way that he's approaching things at the moment. It's more it's more just saying, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a go at a guy just for the sake of it when I can actually, in, if I was in that, and listen, I. It's not this level. I've managed kids' football teams. I managed walking football teams at the moment. And you make decisions, and, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. You don't get, you don't deserve getting slagged off for every decision you make. Just the ones that are indefensible, and there are indefensible decisions you made in this game. But that not bringing on a sub is not one of them. Uh, the the under tens team I manage has only conceded one goal in seven games. Well, when when he gets sacked, John, I think. There's there's a call, you know. There's a there'll be a call from from all around Poulton for them to look from within rather than without. Hashtag just saying. Um, we are moving up to under nine, uh, nine aside next season. So if anyone wants to join the winning team of the uh, Poulton under under tens blacks, if you've got any talented players out there and they want to, do we have join a big up? do we have a big under tens audience, John? Yeah, well, hopefully some parents are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Some of Eddie's mates might be tuning in. He might be doing a bit of networking for the pod. We had a little conversation that we need to get two more players in next season. So I thought I'd get it in there early. Don't get our recruiting hope... team on it, John. <laughs> to say. You, you stole my thunder then. I was just about to come in with that. <laughs> Who's on your recruitment team? Okay, let's move on to player ratings. Who wants Chris Maxwell? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, go on. You've been most vocal about the goalies. You uh, go with uh, Chris Maxwell. Is, uh, I'm so, going to be. I think I've got uh, for that goal. Uh, how bad? How bad? It, uh, 
I'm just trying to think about the rest of his game. Um, five. Five, eh? Can't give him a one, Matthew. It wasn't that. It was one mistake. There's someone who's saying one. <laughs> We've got a minus 10 and a one coming in the chat. Come on. Four minus. I'd give minus him. 10. Uh, right, Callum Connolly, Mitch. Um, <sighs> Nearly got injured booting the ball away. I can't, remember, I can't remember anything. I'm, I'm, I'm giving these scores on a game that I've tried to banish from my, from my memory. Um, I don't remember him doing anything particularly terribly bad, so I'll give him a six. Is that right, wrong? Don't know. Uh, six plus, seven minus. Six plus. I'll go six plus. Yeah. He, he, he was steady, wasn't he, Callum, yeah. I think, to be fair. Uh, big Marv, Tim. It's harsh. Um, I, 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 do you think we should give him a score? I don't actually hold him culpable for no. sending off, to be fair. And and when you look at the... He, he contributed, obviously, only took part up for 17 70 minutes. I don't think I can actually score him. Well, look at his reaction. If you, the most telling thing on the on the video is his reaction when he sort of he makes a challenge and he just goes back into position, and the ref shows the red card, and he's not faking that reaction. He's just he's just like completely what? I, I think we should, I think we should skip over him because I it's, think it's, skip over Mark. it's impossible yeah. to give him a score. And okay. I don't agree. He gets a shit score because he got sent off. Because I actually don't think he did. It, it was it was a fault. I just think he, you know, it was a bit, a bit clumsy at worst. Okay, Reese Williams. I've even got a banner for him. I haven't. Reese Williams did okay, Mitch. Yeah, he did do okay. I am. Um, I think I'm right in saying Tilt got above him for the for the goal. He did yes, he did. Um, and but, actually, he was. I think he was there on the near post as well. So maybe not. But I think he but also apart from causing two goals. You could... <laughs> well, look, I, I think that that first goal was the fault of about six people and possibly yeah, yeah. the way yeah, we're coaching the defence. But um, the I thought he did a lot of the things that he hasn't been doing. Was he was quite decisive? He dealt with the ball, you know, quickly. He didn't dither around. He put his head in. He made some tackles and he did all right. I will give him. If I've given Callum six plus, I will give him. Does he deserve a seven? Yeah, I think that's actually his best game for Blackpool. Yeah, to say, although although I hadn't quite realised he was the challenging player for tilts. But it's always difficult when you're the defender and somebody's coming in. Someone's got to run on you. Yeah, some, they're running. They're getting the jump. They're getting ahead. Of you. It's yeah. really difficult to defend that. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, being out jumped by tilt is you know that is. He's not. He's not a little lad, is he? You know, he's not. He's, he's not like. Unit. Yeah, he's a big unit, and he scored plenty for us in that way of popping up in that way. So he's a player that does that, and he's a player who's done that to a lot of defenders. So it's not like he got out jumped by, um, you know, some tiny little fella, Brian Griffiths or something. We Jamie Allen for Coventry. <laughs> His name's stuck in my head for some reason. He was a midget. Uh, right, where were we? Dom Thompson, Tim did okay again. I thought. Yeah, uh, listen, I, 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 you know, he's coming for some criticism, and he's and he, and we've <clears> given it him. And I think you've got to turn around and say, I, I felt that he made a positive contribution towards that performance. And if we'd walked away from that game with a one-all draw, 
um, or if we kept 11 players on the pitch and, and potentially won the game, um, you know, we'd be, we, you know, we are a bit down, but we'd be singing his praises. And, and I'm going to give him um, a creditable seven plus. That's what I was thinking. Paulson FC's very own Dom Thompson, in fact. I need to get him down to training. Now his form's turned. See if he's going to give us any tips. Right, uh, Sir Kenneth of Dougal. Mitch filled in admirably at centre half. Easy for you to say. No, he did. Um, he did all right, did Dukes. Um It was weird because I thought, right, Dukes has gone back while they sort out what to do. And I thought, shit, we haven't got any more defenders. And then Dukes just stayed there all game and did a, a decent job. As we've already discussed, possibly dropped it a bit short for Marvin, but I don't think it's one of those those sort of, I don't think it was a, a dreadful mistake. It was it was just one of those things um, and did all right. Um, do we do we add a mark on considering he was out of position? Do we give him the mark we would have given to Marvin plus his own mark considering out of position? I don't know. Um, this is an algorithm that has not been written, so no. Mm. Or maybe it needs to be written. Poof. Um, I feel for playing out of position and doing all right and holding out seven plus. Mm. Is that fair? I, I was thinking eight, but I'll take seven. Well, plus. eight. Yeah. To be honest, Tim, eight was the number that came to my head first, and I thought, well, because of this this ridiculous charade of giving all the players a number, then everyone in the chat shouting at us, then I better I better mediate my mark, and then. Um, you know, we had the other week where John told us all off about our marks, so I thought I better, thought I better um, moderate the mark and go to seven plus. Yeah, don't let Tim influence you. <laughs> International president of the Kenny Dougal fan club. Slight bias. I'd have given him a seven nine. Plus. I'd have given him a seven plus nine. <laughs> uh, Sonny Carey, Tim. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, we're, we're, we're dealing with a, a slightly surreal scenario because obviously Sir Kenneth got um, uh, uh, removed and uh, redeployed elsewhere. And uh, so that left, I felt, Kerry Patino with quite a big job to do in the middle, um, the two of them. And, and, and as we spoke in the first half, I think, I think they actually did an incredibly good job. You know, we, we didn't actually feel that we were a man down. But the problem is, as the game goes on and your legs get tighter and tighter, that's when the difference between having 10, 11 really starts to, probably more so than if you lose a player in the 60th, 70th, 80th minute. Excuse me. When you lose somebody so early, it's devastating because... I'm not saying it's unheard of, but I'd say it's almost unheard of for a team to lose a player in the first half like that and win the game. It's 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 incredibly difficult to do because these guys are all really fit and they know where to find the space. And you're chasing shadows a lot of the time. You're chasing you're chasing the ball and that ties you as well. So I thought anyway, I waffled, but I think the same thing applies to both of them. I think they did an incredibly good job um, in depleted numbers. I'll give him an eight plus. Is elongated the correct word to use that score? Um, no, it probably well, isn't, is it? I, I, I've spoken more than I intended to <laughs> and stretched it out, so I think elongated will do. Okay. The most elongated player rating ever in the season. <laughs> well, no, I think Mitch probably holds that. 
record <laughs> somewhere along the line. Charlie Patino. Well, pretty much everything um, Tim's just said about Sonny, to be honest. Mm. You know, I think he also had a really good game, particularly after um, a couple of games where he's looked like he was sort of either sick or strolling around believing he was going to be the England captain. And I think it was probably the former. Um, I thought he was back to, well, not necessarily back to what you think he's going to be, but he was demonstrating, you know, getting really stuck in. Great ball for the goal. A couple of other really nice balls, but also playing his part in what was actually a really combative, combative midfield made out of two players that you wouldn't pick if you you know if you're gonna if you're gonna pick the combative midfielders at our club, you'd go Connolly, Dougal, Stewart, Bridcut, Ward. You know these two are probably right at the bottom of the list of who's the combative midfielders. And yet, I thought the Dodgers did a great job. So I think whatever Tim gave was it eight plus. I think Patino deserves the same. I, I thought I, the I, two of them were great pair. Just before we move on to Lavery, I don't know whether anybody saw this, but I got something sent to me today where. And, and, and listen, I haven't had a chance to check the, uh, the the veracity of the information yet, but there's a report in the boot room saying that Barcelona want Patino from Arsenal. What? Now, now listen, I haven't had a chance to check it, but it was sent to me uh, by one of the guys in my WhatsApp group. And, and uh, yeah, so apparently Barcelona have inquired about him. My only concern with him is if we're anchored at the bottom of the league come Christmas, you know, let's say we lose to... Listen, we're going to discuss things, but if we lose to Birmingham and is it Sheffield and Sunderland, will Arsenal look at where we're at and think, is it the best place for him to be? That's you're my right, concern. You're right, Tim. I'm just reading it now. Yeah, sorry, go on. So, yeah, and if, you know, so when you talk about him, was he, was he um, thinking about being an England captain? Maybe he's thinking about being Barcelona captain. I don't know. But um, listen, it's great that we've got a player playing for us where these type of reports are going about. And he's obviously still a very young lad and he's still finding his feet. He's he's clearly, as we've spoken about on other pods, very grounded and clearly loving his time at Blackpool. But I'm just slightly concerned that our league position might influence whether they get Mm. against the old... um, Have you ever seen the gong show where they, they get the... The hook. The hook, yeah. Drag him and back. Whether he'll get hooked back to Arsenal, that's, that's my <laughs> yeah. only slight concern. Well, it's all right. We've got Grant Ward, so we're fine. Well, yeah, we have, haven't we? So, and, um, and, We've and got I'm the sure... life coach. We've got the life coach to come back. Oh, I'm, sure, life I'm coach sure our recruitment yeah. team have... have that's what we needed. <laughs> we, needed a, we needed a one-hour... No one's... Dr- is it, what are you drinking, Tim? I'm on Bimto again tonight. I must admit, I've broken my abstinence tonight, and I did have... A gin tea, they've finished it now. So I've not drunk on here since uh, since the since life Kevin told you not to. Called people who drink at home are losers. We needed a one-hour Kevin Stewart uplifting life talk tonight, not this blinking miserable reflection on us losing every week. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an opportunity. Yeah, it's Get an Kevin opportunity. On the pod. They're not problems; they're opportunities, aren't they? Well, yeah. <laughs> right, Shane Lavery. Who we up to, Mitch? Um, it's quite. A terrier again, wasn't he? Yeah, he was good. I, I, you know, people there was somebody in the chat saying that Lavs needed to come off and put CJ on, but I thought Lavs played really well. First half, he scared the 
hell out of Wigan. They, they didn't know what to do with him. And he had he had about three really good runs. And then second half, obviously they shifted stuff around and he got he got pinned back a bit more. Um so yeah, I think Lavs did all right. Seven for Lavs, is that reasonable? Yeah, I'd say so. Good. Yeah. Fortunately, Mitch, uh, Tim's got Gary Medine. Big it's Gary. Medine. It's Medine. It is. And it's my yeah, man I, of the match. Twenty. Um, Listen, I think I think he, he did he did an incredible job. I, I think you know at the beginning of the season, Appleton said, "Look, you're not going to be playing regularly. Um, you, you know, you haven't got it in you." And and the and the fact that and it may it's not necessarily all down to his performances, but the fact that we're having to rely on him week in week out, and not just, but for the most part, he's playing every he's playing the ninety minutes or close to the ninety minutes. And um, I think he's he's pushing himself as far as he can as a player, uh, and and really putting a shift in for the team. And um, I think you know I've seen a couple of pictures of him joining himself on the um, on 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 the strip in uh, in the uh, Play the Americas, and I think he deserves that break because I think him and certain other players have really put the bodies on the line for the club over the last um, six weeks, two months, while we've had to struggle with this crisis of um, of availability, um, and I am going to give him. Um, I'm going to give him a nine. I think. I think mainly just because he's given everything, and he scored a good goal. Uh, he's, he's helped the defence out, and I think he uh, he's a very influential player on on the pitch and off the pitch. And um, but I don't think he felt that he was going to be asked to play as much as he has been, and I don't think. It's it for his long term good, to be honest. But he's doing it, and every credit to him. Yeah, nine for me and man of the match, um, Jerry Yates. Mitch. Um, well, a bit like Callum Connolly, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember Jerry playing particularly. Um, I can't remember him doing anything wrong. I don't, you know, it was obviously the uh, the injustice for the corner. But apart from that, I can't particularly remember him doing anything. I can't remember him getting in the box that much, so I'm going to say, what did they give Cal six plus? I'll give Jerry six plus then, yeah, six. Yeah. And to uh, wrap the show, manager rating. That should be interesting. If you're on the stream, give us your rating in the comments. It'd be interesting to see what everyone says, but let's start with you, Tim. See, I'm not having this, I'm not having this sub malarkey for the reason, because I can understand it. But I can't. I'm. 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 I'm torn between. Give us a score, All right, Tim? Give us a score if he's played Grimmy, and give us his score for playing Maxwell. If he if he if he played Grimmy, I'd have given him an, an eight. And because he's played Maxwell, I'm giving him a four. <laughs> <laughs> because it defies logic. Yeah. It's a brutal takedown, Mitch. Um, um, I think what concerned me is we were worse second half than we were first half. So when the players had kind of sorted themselves out a bit and we we had quite a like a spirited first half, then they went in at half time and then we were palpably worse second half. I think that that worries me a little bit. Um I think Tim's probably nailed it before, to be honest. You can't nail it all at his door, you know. It's it's it was a better performance than 
a couple of recent performances, but then that's not really saying that much, is it? So four. Okay, so just before we, we head off, there was um, a few incidents involving the, the GMP, Great Manchester Police this time. Uh, my nephew, 18, 17, 18, smashed upon the shins with the baton just for walking down uh, a path, trying to walk around um, a bunch of people uh, indiscriminately hit with a, a baton. Um, Mitch, I believe you had a mm. uh, an incident with them as well. Yeah, so I was coming out, as I mentioned, I, I sort of had met up with my mate from Wigan before the game, and after the game, he rang me up and said... Um, like I'll meet you. I'll try and make. He says I'll try and make it round to the away end if I can get through, and I'll meet you on the bridge. So I said, "Yeah, all right." And uh, met up with him, and we were we were just walking along. We'd actually bypassed. You know when you know when they held the pool fans back um, as you're coming out, they were like blocking the path and sort of holding Blackpool fans back. My mate had gone to one of the stewards were Wigan fans and showed his Wigan season ticket and they'd just let us out through the car park. So I was thinking, <laughs> so we'd walk round, round past all the pool fans and we came up and they were just letting Wigan fans out. And my mate sort of lives over the bridge over the canal. So he says, he stops and says to the copper, come go over the bridge. He goes, no. And he went, why? And he went, well, we're closed. And he went, well, why is it closed? And the copper, copper says something to him like, just fucking get out of the way, all right. And I said, there's no need to speak to anyone like that. And he said to me something like, I didn't ask your opinion. And I said some said something back. I didn't lose my rag. I said something like, there's, there's literally no need to scream in our faces. Um, and then he went, just get out of the fucking way. We're trying to get a van here. And I said something like, I'm, we're not... We're not in prison, mate. You're not a prison officer. You don't have to speak like that. And he picked me up by the by like the scruff of the thing and went, I told you to move. And at that point, my mate sort of stepped in and went, my mate sort of stepped in and went, what are you doing? And the other copper grabs hold of my mate and hurled him across the path, which without going into too much detail, my mate's not in the greatest of health in the world. So then I sort of like start and then he, hurls me across and at that point I lost it and got dragged away by my mate because I called him a stupid fucking helmeted bell end who's always at the you know why are you always letting them he makes like go on you know and I'm like and it's just there was no reason and as my as my mate said at the end of the game like when we got to the pub he said what was that about I was like I don't know and he said why are they always like that I said I don't know I said why would you start on us we were like we were like some kind of government advert for what you know like be a good football fan because we were literally coming away from the ground with him going hard luck, hard luck, mate. Well played, and me going well. At least that's three <laughs> points for you. At least your season's got started. Like there was no hassle, there was no trouble. All we did was ask, could we go over the bridge? And then they sent us down this proper shady road that was all potholed and it was dark and there's all kids coming and every like going down the road. It was just, it was just. Like, again, it's that thing where they were just on war footing. Like, the guy who spoke to me was like, like, I spoke to him civilly, just going like, can you not shout at us? Can you not scream in my face, please? I've I've not committed any sort of crime. I've not, I'm not acting in any aggressive way. And then, you know, it's not, not all about, about that, but there was, there's a lad who's had his elbow broken, isn't there? I've seen that on. There's, on there's loads of instances. Peter Mowbray put some 
Video footage up, didn't he? Where you know they're having a go at him, but most, but most, he, he did some footage across the road and 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 heavy <clears throat> heavy handed is putting it at, at, at its lowest, isn't it? It was it was that they, they seem to be almost spoiling. It's like the old SPG in the old days, wasn't it? You know, they were like basically hired thugs, weren't they? Um, the special mm. police group, whatever they were called, and they'd go in and just kick this living daylights out of people because that's what they did. And they they seem to have that mentality. All all all, all of them. I mean it's, maybe it's a greater Manchester police thing, I don't know, but it was um it, it made our our police look positively uh, um you know uh, positively enlightened, didn't it? Well I don't know if if either of you walk back up to we well, probably wouldn't have been you know, on the coach, but obviously I walk walk back I was having a cost I was having a costa with Grimmy yeah. Mitch. Well they were just like it was like they'd got all the toys out. They were razzing up and down the road outside the ground, they were flying up to the station, but half the time there was nothing but we we walked back and walked past um Northwestern Station, loading hurtling down the road about eighty miles an hour, screech to a halt, and then just get out and start talking to some other coppers in a in a police car, it's like it was just like they were on army games, and it, it's just it does my head in because because there was absolutely no justification for for it, and there's no justification for smacking lads with batons. There's no justification for screaming at people. There's no justification for breaking people's arms or elbows when the back's turned on you. It's just it's not on, and you would not, you absolutely would not accept it in any other entertainment where you you know you paid 30, 30 plus quid to go and watch it you just wouldn't have it can you i've said it before but can you imagine if that happened at the theater or the opera or the ice rink or whatever other thing you would buy a ticket to go and see a group of people would do you just not have it well did did anyone see that in recent interview with a i can't remember he was a very senior police officer and he he said people can't we we'd prefer people to be sat down rather than have safe standing because it encourages cocaine use and throwing yeah. missiles, having them in safe standing pens. I don't know if you saw that. So. I'll try and I'll, I was going to dig it out and show it on uh, one episode, but I will do. But yeah, um, uh, Tim Bob Harris just said special. It was the hamster's yeah. name, and yeah, that's what I thought. I always remember Vivian's hamster was called SPG. It being being uh, somebody of a certain vintage, I remember it being on not the nine o'clock news in nineteen eighty. The SPG Um, constable. You you, don't you know Mitchell to you, aren't you? Was it constable? uh, It was. um, (coughs) But yeah, um, constable Savage. So those who remember the not the nine o'clock news, it was constable Savage who was sent to the SPG at the end after he'd arrested uh, Mister Kadogo. about fifty times for different offences that that didn't justify it. So he said, "We're not going to not going to lose your job. We're going to send you to the SPG." That was the, the mm-hmm. final line of it. That's um, that's Alex. I said um, they were using batons for fun. They wanted to close us off, and another copper screamed in my face because I just asked if I could go to the station. Well, I mean, I didn't get battened, but that was exactly us. Was literally we asked why the bridge was closed. Because my mates like I live over there. Can you know? It's again. It's that thing about they pen you in and like 
we didn't want to fight with anyone. We didn't want to cause any trouble. We wanted to go to my mate's house, which is about five minutes walk over the bridge. And so what they do instead is pen you in and hit you and then say, oh, football fans are troublemakers. You know, it's just a the fucking... Is, like, they're not accountable either. They're, no, they're not. No one's been... A, none, none of those tossers, and that's what they are, tossers, have been held accountable to this. They were they were the hooligans, weren't they? That? Yeah. If, if there's any hooligans, it was them lot. And and if if they were doing if they were on the other side and doing what they were doing, um, as 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 football fans to us as police officers, they'd get sent down. Oh yeah. What was that? Um, what was the lad who got sent down for banging on the window at Bloomfield Road against Carl and uh, Rushted? Yeah, sent down for banging on a window because that copper said he was a hundred percent scared. If you remember, mm. that's why he got. Anyway, I, 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 listen, I didn't see any of it, so I can't comment, but I've seen uh, Peter Moby's videos and I've seen all the, mm. the the different anecdotal stories and th- there's a consistent theme and that is police thuggery and there's no there's no other way to describe it. It's, it is, it's just a shame that these lot aren't held accountable for, for assaulting people. And it, it annoys me, they just treat, they tar everyone with the same brush. Yeah. Right. There is there is the odd. You know, no one's no one's debating. There are a few rough and ready types following all teams, but they just treat every single person like they're a troublemaker. Mm. It ain't on. And the I tell you what, they use that classic thing which they've used outside Blackpool a few times. They said something like, "Somebody, somebody behind us went. Why is the bridge closed?" And they went, "Because we're 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 preventing public disorder or something." It's that. It's that idea that, that they're somehow this heroic line that's stopping trouble. And 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 yet when I was walking down to the ground, there just scuffles going off all over the place. I was walking down through, um, trying to think where it would be. I think it's Frog Lane in Wigan, or it might not be Frog Lane. I don't know. Anyway, whatever road it is runs down to the ground, and it's just going off all over the place. There's not a copper to be seen. Yeah, when the, when the shit hits the fan, they don't want to know. As, as Gurney says, we should have, if you're a stop the oil protester, they wouldn't go anywhere near you, would they? <laughs> <laughs> Just lie down. They'd make you a brew and give you a sandwich and yeah. help, help you glue your hands to the floor. It's, it, it's, instead of asking if you can go over the bridge, maybe, just start singing Kumbaya yeah. next time and get a bit of super glue out of your pocket. Right, I think we'll, I think we'll leave it there, everybody. Um, as it says on the uh, the banner there, if you like this content, if you want to support the show, join our Patreon support program, patreon.com forward slash Seasiders Pod, price of a pint per month, help support the show. Also, um, like and subscribe to the video and yeah, all that jazz. So no more football for a while, gents, but thanks for your company. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have to have a few specials in between now and the World Cup, maybe even a live uh, England watch along. Hmm. maybe not or maybe not or maybe not right everybody thanks for watching thanks for downloading and up the pool up the pool up the pool so just before you head off I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter programme that we are running 
this enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod, you'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month. Price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members' WhatsApp group. You'll get some exclusive podcasts, competitions. So we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.